0: Hello, bonjour, and good day, beautiful, amazing podcast family. That is the first time I have ever spoken any kind of French on the podcast. My dad is French, um, but uh, unfortunately, I cannot speak it fluently, so my apologies to my French heritage, the Quebecers, and uh, to French Canada. But that is a side note. We have an amazing episode of the show for you today. We have my friend, Niraj Nayak, back on. He is the founder of Soma Breath. His story is amazing like his story of self-healing is amazing he's also an independent researcher he's the renegade pharmacist this guy is brilliant we are in a uh, telegram group together and the knowledge and wisdom this guy shares and the research he does is truly extraordinary so in this episode we're going to talk about holistic health building your immune system and the power of breath this is a fantastic episode we kind of scatter around in different spots but it really is about immune system the power of breath and we we dive into some of the stuff going on in our world and how we can um, basically be aware of what's going on how we can do some great research and take a look at some alternative views to what's happening because like i said naraj is incredibly knowledgeable in in many areas um, if you like this show and you want to support please share it on instagram share it on facebook share it wherever sign up for the email list because censorship is a real thing and if you want uh, a free lucid dreaming a guide to lucid dreaming ebook and and also a guided meditation go to mapbellier.com forward slash Lucid dreaming, and you will find that there. If you go to the website, also you can become a patron. Thank you so much to all my patrons. You're amazing. I very much appreciate you. You guys um, keep the show alive, and I want to thank Lisa Furman so much for contributing and becoming a patron. Uh, that it means a lot, and thank you very much. For those of you guys who want to go a step further and you want to learn a step-by-step master system for overcoming self-sabotage, limiting dialogue, all the uh, negativity in between your ears, you want to strengthen your connection with spirit and design and live the life of your dreams, check out the absolutely superb Soul Compass course that is free when you join the academy. I made that course first and it's because... Everybody was asking me very similar questions. It's questions that I'm very curious about. How do we live a life of passion, of meaning, of fulfillment, of value? And what that course is is 21 lessons that distill all of that wisdom and knowledge from my own research and also about 400 podcasts of asking amazing spiritual teachers, conscious leaders, and health professionals those exact same questions. So that's free in the academy. You also get exclusive content from guests, uh guided meditations brainwave entrainment and cool stuff all the time so i would love to see you in the academy and if you go to mattbelair.com, you'll see a link to the academy and you can also go to bit.ly forward slash mind body spirit 21 for a direct link to the academy and the course so that's it also the best way to support the show is to do one kind act wherever you are in the world do that's the best way to support the show. Even better, do three kind acts would be phenomenal and appreciated, and you're definitely getting the vibe of the show. If you're out there doing some kind acts for other people, you can pay it forward, pick up a piece of trash, say a kind word, write a note to a friend and tell them how much you appreciate and love them. Be tolerant, listen to people, just do anything kind, and uh, that's a great way to support the show. So this is going to be part one of two because it's a little bit a longer show, and let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in wherever you are in the world. Just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle fiber and atom of your being with peace, joy, connection, enthusiasm, courage and radiate that energy out into the universe to all beings. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get into this absolutely amazing episode with my friend, Niraj Nayak. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a natural-born healer. He became a pharmacist with a strong desire to help people live a full, healthy life. In those years, he saw firsthand just how ineffective and even damaging pharmaceutical drugs can be. The stress and overwhelm caused by this realization led him to become a patient of stress-related depression and ulcerative colitis. That is when he embarked on a journey of profound self-healing. Today, he lives his life totally healthy and symptom-free thanks to his unique breathwork exercises he created which combine all of the ancient wisdom of pranayama with modern day science. He has built a supportive and empowering online community of thousands who encourage each other to live their best lives, whatever that looks like for them. He has helped people turn their lives around in many different ways. He has been featured in articles from news outlets around the world, such as Forbes, CNN, The Guardian, HuffPost, and his mega viral Coca-Cola Infographic. He has also appeared at events like Mind Valley City Campus and Vision Festival and on renowned podcasts. Welcome back to the show, my friend Naraj Nayak. Yeah. What's up, you, man? Mother. All right.
1: Uh, it's, it's great, good to, to, see great you. to be back.
0: Yeah, yeah man. It was man. great fun last,
1: last time. It was great fun.
0: Oh, absolutely, uh-huh. dude! I, uh, you know, it's, I'll, I'll tell you right away. It's kind of funny because I had a comment on there. You know, you talked about your healing on our last uh, episode, and we've we've been friends ever since. Uh, your story is extraordinary, and how uh, messed up you were was really bad. And somebody commented in the in the YouTube comments, "Are like, Matt, how come you're laughing? Because you're describing yourself in just a horrendous." uh <laughs> thing and you're describing and i'm kind of like laughing and they're like why are you laughing i was like i don't know i was like it just sounds so terrible he's okay now but i'm just imagining you know like just the worst of the worst and and yeah it's like he's okay now but holy crap man you were in a rough rough place and i think it was the
1: shedding blood 40 times a day that probably made you laugh
0: <laughs> yeah it was so awful man and <laughs> if you can come back from something like that And, you know, now you're symptom free, Uh, you went down the traditional, let's say medical path or the Western path of, you know, this is the way that we understand healing and health. And all of a sudden, you're in a position where you need to repair your body because it is so broken. And you move in a different way. You figure that out in a different way that's non-traditional. That wasn't what you were trained to do. That wasn't what you were used to. You had to kind of relearn that information so you could get better because what you knew wasn't working and you needed to figure something out. So um, why don't you just share a little bit about your background first? And then I know we're going to talk about a lot of things today. We've had a lot of private discussions, um, you know, the difference between pharmaceutical drugs and like natural healing or alternative healing that might work a little bit yeah. about you. Um, coronavirus a little bit about enlightenment and programming and kind of navigating what's happening in the world today because everything is changing so quickly. You know, you and I are communicating yeah. and almost every day there's a new piece of information we're trying to sort out and distill so we can make better decisions in our lives so we can stay healthy, but really be aware of what's going on in our own community, know what the truth is and stay vigilant. So I'm gonna stop talking yeah, certainly. welcome you to the show, man.
1: Ah, it's an absolute pleasure. So, Yeah, don't get me wrong, I don't want to make a misunderstanding um, about, I'm not like anti-drugs or anything like that, or anti-vaccines or anything like that. Um, What I'm very um, into is the integration of using modern medicine with complementary, natural and holistic approaches, and not basically becoming devising. What I found in the world right now is the world becomes so polarized, and I want to bring peace to all industries. Okay, because I think everything has a place. So I'm I, I'm a pharmacist. I worked in community pharmacy, and I went down uh, the route of Ayurvedic treatment for my my, my condition I had, osteoarthritis. I also was trained in pranayama, and um, which is the The system of breathing techniques, controlling energy in the body, uh, and also yoga. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But basically, what I want to make clear is that there is a place, even in Ayurveda, for medication, for drugs, okay? But they are a last resort. They shouldn't be the only treatment that you give someone. and It shouldn't be frontline. You should try and do... Everything you can, possibly, before you cause any harm to a patient. Hippocrates, who everyone, every doctor has to swear the oath on, says, first do no harm. It's a Hippocratic, Hippocratic oath, the father of medicine. First do no harm. Okay. Also another one of his uh, quotes is, let food be thy medicine. Okay? Let medicine be thy food. All right? and another very interesting quote, which not many people know, is never make profit in the sick room, right? And actually doctors swear by this. The idea is that you shouldn't be making profit out of sickness, out of disease, okay? So here's the thing. So medicine has a place. The place for it is in emergency last resource and also in uh, terms of acute infection. That's one thing medicine did great wonders with okay, which is, like, say you get, like, a tropical, rare tropical disease, in some cases, bacterial drugs, antibacterial drugs can be amazing for treating that. It can save people's lives. You know, there are certain things that hospitals do, doctors do, that's like miracles. If you have a bike accident in Phangan. you know, I, I will definitely go to the hospital and get that checked out, um, rather than going to the, uh, the Reiki Angel Crystal Healer, do you know what I mean? He also is on Cape Angan, where I live in Thailand. So, you know, there's a time and place. Let's not, like, create a war. I don't want to create a war. I'm all about bringing everyone together and let's work as a unit. Let's work together. Let's not divide Like, what I'm seeing on the internet right now is so much division. Okay. So, actually, that started. The division started at a point in time. That started with what is known as the Flexner Report. Okay. And not many people know about this, but in the 19, uh, well, 1904, very early on um, last century, there's a guy who called Flexner who was brought in by the Carnegie Foundation, which was a charitable philanthropic foundation that was responsible for creating the educational system. He was one of the founders of the educational system we have today. And what the Flexner report did was it went into all of the Universities um, to 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 create a standardisation around um, healthcare, right, and medical and the medical profession. What happened was, and this is straight from Wikipedia. You can look this up. This is not some some conspiracy site or anything like that. Okay. The report. I'll just read it now. Let's just get that bit I was about to say.
0: You can screen Uh, share too if you want. So it's Flexner, F-L-E-X-N-E-R.
1: Yeah, that's it. So the report talked about the need for revamping and centralizing medical institutions. The idea was to create um, strict protocols for mainstream science in teaching and research. And many American medical schools fell short of the standard advocated in the Flexner report and subsequent to his publication, nearly half of such schools merged or were closed outright. Right, homeopathy, traditional osteopathy, eclectic medicine, physio medicalism, things like that were derided, and some doctors were even jailed. Right, okay. Now, if you could scroll down, if you go right down, okay, it talks about impact on um, alternative medicine. And osteopathic medicine, chiropractic medicine, uh, naturopathy, homeopathy were basically shut down. Okay? And it says here, right here, any approach to medicine that did not advocate the use of treatments such as vaccines to prevent and cure illness was tantamount to quackery and charlatanism. Okay? So a few schools resisted but eventually most complied with the poor or shut down complied with the poor shut down their doors All right. so this is when the first division happened the first war happened between institution versus independent medical doctors to the point where medicine started to become standardized education became standardized and then a system was brought in, which ruled out anything that wasn't towards, uh, you know, vaccines to prevent and cure illness and other pharmaceutical drugs and things like that. I'm not going to go too into this, you know. I don't want This is not conspiracy theory. This is just history, right? And also, um, if you want to really read a book about that goes into the history of of pharmacy. pharmacy then read *Pharmageddon*. Okay, it's a book by. Um, check it out. It's an English uh, psychiatrist. I forget his name, um, David Healy, very famous doctor. David Healy talks all about it. Okay, he goes into this much more. He's way more qualified. To speak on his subject. Also, India's one of India's top doctors, Dr. B. M. Hegde much more qualified than me. He's like the award winner of the highest accolades in medical science in India.
0: What's his name? Can you spell it? Dr.
1: B.M. H-E-G-D-E. He's an amazing doctor, cardiac surgeon, extremely um, influential and, and very inspirational in India.
0: So, well, I want to jump in real quick just because, yeah. um, you know, you're you're sharing this information and a lot of the stuff, um, you know, because when this was first happening, uh, you know, I was asking you and, you know, some questions and you were sending me a lot of reports, um, you know, I'll say you know, you're an amazing researcher. You understand how to read the literature. You understand how to dive deep. Um, When I had Dr. Kaufman on, Dr. Andy Kaufman, who's going to be on London Real today. So yeah, man. Um, Kelly Brogan, Dr. Kelly Brogan, Dr. Bear Lando on. um, What what Dr. Andy Kaufman was saying was that if you read the reports, right, of of what they say in medical school, and you got to go back to kind (laughs) of, you know, hear his own words, but the title might be misleading for what the actual report, if you go all the way down the report says it won't mean what it says and that's a, something that they use in law right law when i and you know, i went to school for law and security and all i basically learned was like oh this isn't straightforward this is kind of like a system that you know manip- manipulates you a little bit because you don't understand what you're even saying you don't even Seriously? understand admiralty admiralty law you don't understand any of this stuff hmm. um you know i and i went to school for it only a little bit and i didn't understand it but i've looked at this stuff but what you're saying and what I, what I read and what I interpret from what you just shared there was there was a time when, you know, we had an institution, which was it the Rockefellers? or
1: Yeah, and Carnegie, they were, all like, were like a club.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they, they want to standardize things. And then the word that you used there was uh, it, it, it made anything natural uh, quackery and charlatanism. And we're seeing that right now. Um, And if you, if you, if you say something that goes against what the media might say, which is, you know, it's owned by six companies. We know that you can find that out. Um, You can see, you know, these six companies have a lot of influence in that. But what I wanted to bring up was how old is Ayurveda? How old is Ayurvedic medicine? How old is that medicine of like Hippocrates saying, you know, um, let thy food be thy medicine like that, that is much older. And that is, uh, you know, there's a lot of natural healing that a bit like when I went to China, for example, that's just a standard of, of how they not everywhere. But, um, when I was training with the Shaolin monks, they understood all this stuff that, you know, the book, it kind of like terrain medicine, uh, versus uh, germ theory. Um, yeah. and so there's, there's these schools of thought that deserve research and respect. And, and I like what you said is like, it's not about saying, Hey, there's no, room for that like if i go break my arm please take me to the er get all the medicine give me all the drugs give me all the thing i don't want to feel this hook hook me up um but when we're looking at other things like you know your ulcerative colitis we're looking at um all these other diseases from stress related from, you know, all that other stuff, you got to look at like, what is the what is the person doing, even cancer, you know, I've had a lot of guests on that have um, made full recoveries from having cancer. And you know what all of them say, one of those fundamentals are, they decreased stress in their life, that was a big thing, they started to focus on more what they what they liked, um, what they enjoyed, they changed their diet, they had exercise, and they had a mindfulness practice. All of those things encompass that because if Mm -hmm. you're going around super stressed out, you have a super terrible diet. Like one of the doctors I had, uh, Dr. Diva Nagula was on, and this is a great example of what I think um, you're sharing in a way. Dr. Diva Nagula was just on my podcast. Uh, He thought he was healthy. I wasn't. Uh, Eating terrible food, super stressed out, working hard, gets diagnosed with cancer. When he goes to uh, another doctor for treatment, the first thing that that doctor recommends is the most aggressive form of chemotherapy possible. It doesn't mean wow. that maybe that doctor felt like, maybe he thought that was the best thing. He got two other recommendations. Two other doctors said, you don't need that. Um, that's not where you are right now. There might come a time where you need that. You don't need that right now. You can go another route. Come to find out that that doctor had a vested financial interest in chemotherapy. And so when- that's when. problem. And so when you said that uh, hypocrisy's quote, i never heard. You know, don't profit from the medicine. Um, that's never profit, huge... in the sick right. profit in the sick room. Never profit in the sick room. And so now, yeah. coming out of like the ventilator thing in the in the hospitals in New York, things like that. Well, there's a lot of reports saying, hey, the hospitals are benefiting if you get diagnosed with the COVID 19 um, death, and they're also getting even more money if you use a ventilator. And nurses have been speaking out. This isn't again. This you know the problem with. Dr. Bear put it well. It's like conspiracy was a word to discredit any uh, information that went against you know the mainstream narrative. But these nurses are speaking out, saying people are dying because you don't want to always do the ventilator. That's the ventilator is good when it's when it's needed, but if you use it too quickly um, it's actually can cause harm. And that's what they're experiencing in New York right now is a part of everything going on. And they're speaking out at their own risk. They're speaking out and saying, Hey, you know, this is our own risk. So I just wanted to bring all that to light because, um, I know in your world, you're respected for what you do and what you know, but if you, even in your own network, share something that is, um, not against the, uh, is against the mainstream you're actually directly attacked you're a lot more uh, yes. influential than me you're oh, a lot more I'm accredited being, than me i'm just a bearded fool who interviews smart people i can say whatever i want um and so I, 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 I've, I've been threatened by a lawyer to have my entire business shut down yeah yeah
1: yeah and and that's crazy for saying, the wrong, for saying one one thing that they didn't agree with that's yeah. how politicalized it's become
0: yeah. And so that's another thing I know we're going <laughs> to talk about a lot, but you know, freedom of speech is such an important thing. And you and I have seen a very, very quick um, increase in the destruction of free, uh, freedom of speech. When I lived in China, they had no Facebook, they had no YouTube. They were afraid to talk about politics or religion. They would literally almost like if I would bring something up and ask a question – that I was curious about, the translator would almost literally shake and run away. I kid you not. She had a physical response to the question because of the fear she had. So right now we're having, you know, Facebook fact check is a thing. Um, Like your business, uh, Dr. Kelly Brogan was on. She got hit with you know the new algorithm rhythms of YouTube and Google basically shut down. You had yeah. that experience. I had yeah. that experience. Joe uh, from Collective Evolution had that experience. And if I look at all of you guys as individuals and your characters, you're good people trying to figure out what's going on. And Kelly Brogan kind of said on the podcast, she's like, you know, when I was recommending all these pharmaceutical drugs um, and things for psychiatric patients, I was the same person I was now and I wanted to help them. I just learned more information for more effective ways that I could help them that I didn't need to use those things because I was observing the results that I was getting and I wanted, my goal was to help them heal and I just found a better solution. Not saying that this is all wrong, I'm just saying that 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 is something that wasn't as useful. And when you bring the dollars and cents to it, that's when you kind of look up and up and up at what kind of legislation is happening, what kind of influence is, is influencing the hospitals, the doctors, um, the institutions, just to make sure that the the healthcare is being put first and the most effective systems are being put first. And I think that's what um, you know a lot of people are trying to get out now is saying, hey, you know, we do have other uh, forms here. So I'm gonna stop talking and get you to chime in.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're you're, you're totally spot on. Yeah. Um, so that's the problem that we've got is the, the the basically the witch hunt on anything that doesn't fit um, the one sided approach of using a medicine, medication, or surgery, expensive like stuff, stuff that costs a lot of money that has patents. You know, it's a business, man. Like, it's a business. People want to make money. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in, where there is profit being made in the sick room. So, what are we going to do about that? Are we going to, are we going to, um, like attack them and fight them? And you know, when you fight fire with fire, you just get more fire. No, what we have to do, what we have to do, is look at um, ways to create more choice and not create laws that rules out research into alternatives. We need to find ways to get funding to fund um, credible research for natural medicine, you know, for things that you can't pay to. We need more philanthropic um, endeavors from people who have got influence and finance and money to do good. I don't know how we're going to do it, but that's the only way we're going to solve this is, is if we create a new new system or I create a system within the system which allows, because uh, all the laws are there, you know, you just if you have the right like uh, lawyers behind you, I'm sure we can find a way to get good, compelling research done on things. Like Wim, Wim Hof is a friend of mine. He's done research on himself and you know, he's done small anecdotal research. Okay, it's not like a full-blown clinical trial. They cost like literally millions of dollars. So what we need to do is find a way to bring down the costs of medical research, bring down the cost of trials. Because I do believe that there still needs to be a trial. Like we shouldn't just allow charlatans onto the market either. We shouldn't, there is, you know, I, I've been in that world where There's all kinds of weird crackery out there. And maybe there was a reason for Flexner to do that at that time. Who knows? There may have been people selling all kinds of voodoo at that time um, and actually causing damage. And maybe there was a good intention to standardize healthcare at that point. However, inevitably, human nature is, you know, more power comes more power and then consolidate power and then... And corruption sets in. It's just the laws of nature. It's how it happens. So, um, you know, so there is going to be a time where we have to question, like, are we doing the right thing for our patients? And that's going to have to come from the doctors themselves and the pharmacists. They need to think deeply and go deep within and ask themselves a question. Am I waking up every day enthusiastic about doing my job? If I'm waking up feeling miserable, like I have to do this as a chore, what's going to happen to that doctor, because I'm that guy, I was that person, I was a pharmacist, is that they're going to get chronically stressed. And you know what happens to people who get chronically stressed when you wake up miserable, apathetic, hating your life? I, the reason why I, I wear a T-shirt is I love my lifetime, because there was a time when I didn't. I hated my life every day. And what happens is depression kicks in. And the, the pain of that hell that you create for yourself is worse than any, any jail sentence, any fucking prison term, any, um, you know, any other way to go out is going to be better than living in a living hell that you crave, where you're doing a job that you don't want to do every single day so you're miserable because you know you're doing disservice to your patient. And that's happening more and more. I feel that that's more and more... Doctors and pharmacists are starting to, to really question why are we doing what we're doing? Are we really doing the best for our patients, or is there a better way? And that, that's the, the next snowball effect I'm seeing is going to have to happen for things to change. However, there are now, you know, like America's pretty cool. Like, actually, I have like many doctor friends there um, who are functional doctors. They're naturopaths, and 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 people they have a choice. You know, uh, they can go to a and get different treatments. You know, they don't have to be standard. They're not standardised and institutionalised um, as they are in other places where you have a welfare system, a state-run healthcare system. That then the problem comes in where you're dictated to which kind of uh, treatment you get. All right? so. What's happening more and more, I think, is more and more anecdotal research is coming out. More and more evidence coming out from these lifestyle treatments, alternatives, i.e. Are, are better. There's, many, there's a worldwide thing now. There's hospitals all over the world doing independent studies. And I think we're going through that period where um, we're going to evolve. If we don't, then, then it's going to get really concerning.
0: Well, you brought up a lot of great points there, and and I love the idea of you know like self healing, right, and the power of our own bodies to heal. And what I've noticed from the coronavirus, and I don't know if you, I I've had a couple articles come up, but I want to find a more um, grounded and updated source. But I found that in the one anyway, that it was ninety nine percent plus of the people that had died had other illnesses so they had like you know they had cancer or they had uh depleted immune system or whatever it was there was all these other things and then the coronavirus kind of finished them off right and so then it was a coronavirus death the thing that i find shocking is that you know even it on the when they said it was a 2% right 2% mortality for the uh which which is higher 2 that's 2 out of every 100 um and again you're probably going to be old you know it was 80 plus was the more uh vulnerable age um and and usually there was other factors what I find shocking is that really young and healthy people are worried. And we just showed, you know, I was like, you know, okay, yeah, you want to be cautious if you want to do the six foot thing, if you want to do all that, that's totally fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I have a problem with taking away freedom of speech and censorship, which I see happening very rapidly. I have a problem with the talk of forced vaccinations, which is happening openly. And you can look at it and you can, wise Bill Gates, you know, the front and center, whatever you believe about him, just look at what he's saying. I just don't want to do that. I don't think we need to vaccinate the whole planet. If you want to do that, that's great. But I'd like to have sovereignty over my own health. And I like the idea of kind of what you're sharing and what Wim Hof is kind of about is that our bodies have the power to heal, you know, and I think you brought up a really great point because on the other side of this, um, they say, oh, you know, this is, quackery or or charlatanism there is some of that out there too uh there's a hilarious sketch by Mitchell and Webb I don't know if you've seen it but they bring Mm -hmm. somebody in the ER and they've got like all these different things and (laughs) and he like kills every single one of his patients with like frankincense and stuff like that he's like oh why do I even do this when I lose every single patient you know it's hilarious and it's true though you don't there's certain medicines you want for certain times but overall If you are strong, if you are healthy, if your mind is right, if you have a good diet, your body should be functioning to heal off most of this stuff, right? And, you know, I remember, you know, I'm not a regular human by any means, but one of my – former uh, girlfriend she had the swine flu you know when that came out and she goes do you want me to sleep in another bed i was like no nah, i told you i was like i i, I don't get sick and uh, so i ended up giving her like a big kiss and you know just was in the bed and she was really ill for a while but it's my belief system not that i i can't get sick of, of course i can but in 12 13 years i've been ill a few times because i started to understand the psychology i started to understand self healing i started to understand all of these other Uh, elements of using consciousness and positive thinking and all that kind of stuff, which seems so far out there, but it actually works when you begin to use it and you have a meditation practice, you have these other things. It doesn't make it guaranteed, but it increases the likelihood very much. And I'll give you one example. Um, I was on the chairlift in in New Zealand when I was running snowboard camps. And somebody was on the chairlift with me is a very good snowboard instructor. And he says, Hey, man, I'm getting sick. Uh, you might want to, you know, watch out. I was like, no, nah, it's all right, man. I'm like, a, I'm pretty good with uh, that kind of stuff. I was like, you know, rather than say I'm getting sick, just say I'm completely healthy. And start to visualize that and change your internal dialogue. Because I'll wake up with a, with a, sore throat sometimes but i'll just say i'm perfectly healthy i do the exact same thing and i kind of command my body well the next yeah. day he comes back and he goes hey man he goes i'm not all completely better but i thought i was going to be sick for a week and uh now i'm about better and the next day he goes i'm better and it was literally just a change in thinking to invoke the power of our consciousness and our own healing it doesn't say if i yes. get hit by a car i'm going to use positive thinking i'm going to say go get an ambulance Give me all of the drugs right now, please, because I'm in pain and this sucks. Um, But in that healing room, kind of like what you did and what Bruce Lee did and what Wim Hoff is talking about when they got him to inject him with uh, an illness or whatever disease or whatever that test was, he's saying, I can influence my body. I trust my body to create healing within this. And this is a part of it. And Ayurveda and all that stuff, you know, a lot more than me is saying the food you eat has healing properties you know what you think there's healing properties uh the stress and all these kind of different things so um they're they're equally if not more important and if you live the body is so um Amazing, because you look at these healthy, or these lifestyles in the States that are not healthy, people three or 400 pounds, you know, and they get some kind of illness, but they're eating the worst food that's not even food, so much sugar, so much of this other stuff, but they're still living and their body's still adaptable. What happens if you switch it to the other side and you start eating, you know, things that are that are good for you? I had uh, Dr. Henry Morris on, and he has had fantastic results with people with really severe illnesses, sometimes massive tumors. And and the first thing he goes to is food. And I say, I asked him a question. I said, What if they're like basically just about to die? What do yeah. you give them? And he goes, 40 days of grapes. I was like, that's yeah. it? He's like, yep, that's yeah. it. 40 days of grapes. And that was his answer immediately. And that's just a food. That's not um, anything crazy. And he's yeah. had fantastic results on that, on um, um in, in many I many patients. If you,
1: if you go right. to like the um now infamous WHO website and you look at what they say about sanitation and health, hygiene and health, they tell you themselves how much of an impact food, nutrition, sanitation and uh, hygiene has on diseases and health. Like, incredible. You could just, if you just type in, like... um, just literally having clean water, right? And you just type in sanitation and PubMed, right, on diseases. PubMed is where you get all of the um, kind of studies that are published. You'll just see that they they clearly say how massive an impact it is. It's so important. It's like fundamental. Clean water, sanitation... Hygiene, food, nutrition—all of these things is doesn't involve harm. Like, there's no risk with giving somebody clean water, and giving them food, and giving them um, shelter and electricity and all that. There's no risk to their health. Only positive things can happen. Problem with drugs and pharmacy, and pharmaceuticals. This is the problem. And I'm not saying that they are. They shouldn't be used because of this. Okay. There's, there's a time and place, as I said. Whenever you put something foreign into the body, a, ch- a chemical, okay, it is, so a drug is a chemical. It is subjected to the first past effect. What that means is that the body gets confused, it's like, what is this? And it shoves it straight into the liver and it goes straight to the liver before it goes anywhere else. Okay. Over time, when you have lots of uh, chemicals in your system, and this goes for chemicals in food, uh, chemicals in your water, you know, any chemicals, not just drugs, it overloads the liver. Now we have a, a, a pandemic of something else. It's called non-alcoholic um, cirrhosis of the liver. So you know, actually, cirrhosis of the liver is more commonly caused by alcoholics, alcoholism, which is actually. A much bigger killer than anything else in the world, all right? Like heart disease is like way up there. In the top five is medical intervention, believe it or not, prescription medications. But then um, you've got... um, And actually non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver is a side effect of that. Then you've got things like alcoholism. Alcohol is a massive killer in the world, right? Uh, So... Basically, that usually is what was known for creating sources of liver. But now we've got this pandemic of where the fatty liver is caused by taking chemicals right, into the system. Because people, I when I was a pharmacist, I was giving out shopping bags of drugs to people, right? It wasn't uncommon, right? People were literally rattling. This used to have a joke like oh, this guy is, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Simon's over here is like rattling when he walks in. As you see, the, the list of prescriptions he has to take. Insane. So um, so this is the problem now. It's like, it's just, it's too easy. It's like, it's too easy for a doctor to sit there, write a prescription, than to actually give medical advice. It's just so much easier to go, oh. you know, it's like, get out, get out. They only have like five minutes anyway. You know, that's the big problem. They only have like five minutes with the patient. So how can you deliver effective lifestyle advice? So it goes to the nurses. And then the nurses don't have much time either. They're so overwhelmed. You know, so these are the things that need to change. These are inherent... This is why I felt in the pharmacy was the problem. So what I did was I tried to spend some time in the day with patients who are on lots of medications to actually... Talk, and we were actually encouraged. And, okay, so look, let's... That's not completely bash the healthcare system. I just think it's not even the, the, the system, it's people are too easily um, victims of their own laziness. Okay, Like people in power and professional people. Because I actually went out my way to do research, to find out what are ways I can help my patients without them just being dependent on drugs. And then I'd get people off the medication slowly. And i do it with a doctor and the doctor loved what I was doing. This way we're avoiding people from getting all sorts of side effects, which was a good thing. You know, and that's a really good thing for patients. But most pharmacists won't do that. They won't do that bit of extra work because either they're just so overwhelmed, they're tired, they simply haven't got the education, um, they're not bothered. I don't know, there's so many reasons. So the educational system needs to change. We need more support for the system itself to to encourage people to use the system as it's been developed. In England, there isn't like, well, when I was working there, a complete outlaw to complementary stuff. In fact, it's more and more encouraged now, holistic treatments, and more encouraged in England than there were before. So they are open, except for when this comes along, like an actual acute infection, all right, of the virus. Then everything goes towards the... Thing that we supposedly know is meant to be best to treat this, and that is um, a vaccine. But then, vaccines take years to develop, like to really get safe, effective vaccines onto the market, also takes a long time. So, what we're going to do before I'm not anti vaccines, man. I mean, if you can give me a hundred percent safe vaccine that is, um, doesn't have any uh, side effects, is effective, it does the job, right. I'm all for it, okay? But we have to get to that point in a in a very methodical and um, ethical way to, to really confirm that, okay? We can't rush things out like, onto the market in a panic because that can cause more harm than the problem, right? Um, so, But what are we going to do before we get to that point? So there are other things we can do. So let's look at... Um, uh, just the immune system itself and how it deals with viruses every single day. Every year there are coronaviruses, every year. Okay, these are not new things. There are every year different strains of coronavirus, we already know that. There are more deadly things as well, like flu is really, really deadly, man. It kills a lot of people every year, way more than what we've seen with coronavirus so far with this particular strain. And um, you know, then there's other things like pneumonia, Okay, pneumonia kills three million people every year. Okay, three million people die of pneumonia every year. So, and a lot of those cases come from hospitals, from people being elderly patients being admitted into hospitals. Um, so there are there are always acute infections out there. It's like we're always battling with a microbial threat. To our immune system, and our immune system is really clever, right? It can take a lot of shit, right? It can you throw in, um, you know, a, a hardcore virus, and it will figure out a way to create antibodies itself and create immunity, and do its job, and then it will protect you. And the great thing with that is that you get this herd immunity. So when enough people start getting immune, natural immunity, it starts passing on, and you create this thing called herd, herd immunity. Like Sweden right now, Sweden's demonstrators. Okay, so you know they didn't have a lockdown, they didn't quarantine in crazy way like we have, but they developed this natural immunity. Okay, so we're watching that still to see how that goes, but it seems to be going all right.
0: Okay, um, I think that's fake news now. Oh, <laughs> well, keep going. We'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to avoid that, you're, you're all the way in because you said herd immunity, bud. So you're doing good till there.
1: <laughs> all right. Well. I don't <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm innocent or proven guilty. So, um, so the so the thing is, we can develop natural immunity. We we do it all the time. Okay, we are getting viruses, bugs, microbes all the times coming into our system, and the body adapts, it deals with it until you get immunocompromised. Now, what that means is where the immune system has been kind of Compromises somewhere, and that usually is because you are living a lifestyle that creates that. Okay, so some people are born with immunodeficiency, so they're born with it. They have some genetic issue. They they were born in a in a in a challenging circumstance, and they have some birth trauma that developed that. So there's there's all these other reasons. Okay, but for most people, generally. If your immune system goes down, okay, and most people can observe this. Like when they've been through a period of stress, maybe they even had just broken up with their, their in a relationship or they just lost their job. Suddenly they get sick, or maybe they went on a serious bender and didn't sleep for three days and came home, uh, came, came came back and then got you know the flu suddenly for a week. You know we've all been there. So we know what it's like to um, mess up our immune systems. We all talk about it. We joke about it, you know. Uh, And lack of sleep is a big factor. Not eating the right foods, drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, Prescription medications can affect your immune system, side effects of it. You know, they have to put that on their packets, you know. Um, uh, Smoking, excessive smoking, you know, all of that kind of stuff affects your immune system. So, But actually, your immune system is designed to protect you. And we can handle a lot of stuff. And when we're younger, we tend to get sick for a bit. But uh, we get sick more often. You notice know, like that babies, they have fevers more often. They um, get sick more often. You've got a child right now, right? Do you notice know, they get flus or, or feverish?
0: Not yet, she's only well, they, uh, eight months. Oh, Okay, so yeah, in
1: the next few months, you might start getting fevers and stuff. Like, we have a little baby we're looking after here with uh, my business partner, Gary, and he gets crazy fevers sometimes, um, much more often than we do. It's just how we are. Like, as we're young, we're, the immune system is very intelligent It starts building up these antibodies and, and immunoresponses. Um, so what my my point always was, was why not spend more time, money, and research into helping people's immune systems, all right? Ultimately, what vaccine is, is that's what it's trying to do. What vaccine is supposed to do is go in there and make your body um, create an immune response and create antibodies uh, to that immune response. And therefore, then you are protected. Now, this is good for like rare acute infections. It, it did a good job in, you know, there is some evidence, you know, we've seen with things like uh, polio, measles, stuff like that, right? But when it comes to viruses like coronavirus or flus, the problem with them, um, you know, and this can be challenged. I'm open to debate on this, is that they change all the time. There's so many different strains. They they um, mutate all the time. So. It's really hard, I think, to vaccinate for them every single year and be effective, and that's shown. Like the flu vaccine is only forty to sixty percent effective. Okay, so when it goes down that road, it's like, wait a minute, we can easily protect ourselves against flu. The study, the, you no, know, the results show themselves right now that most people who get sick from this coronavirus and other coronaviruses and flus and stuff are people who have are obese, they have diabetes, they have heart disease, they're immunocompromised, they're compromised immune systems. However, we can aid their immune system, right? Through giving like everybody vitamin C shots or supplies of vitamin C or other things that are known to boost the immune system. Educating people on you know, things that they can do at home, like exercise uh proper exercise breathing techniques like what we talk about yoga techniques there are so many things we can do actually that are like prevention to by aiding the immune system and i'm all for that i'm like why not let's focus i don't see that anywhere in the mainstream media like no one's talking about things we can do to aid the immune system naturally no one's talking about it. in fact if you do you get kind of shut down So this is what like shocks me. It's like, it's like, we're getting too like narrow focused on one thing. That's when, then it, that opens the doors to conspiracy theories, you know, that opens the doors to, oh, there's an agenda. Why are we just focused on vaccines when we're ignoring all these other things, you know? When, um, uh, the, uh, Bill Bryan was it, um, he did a whole talk, uh, um, on the White House conference about UV, sunlight and all of these things that they've shown. Um, and there's even a machine um, called uh, by a uh, pharmaceutical lab that it uses uh, UV injection when like you put the UV in, it shines light through you. This is actually a thing going through clinical trial right now. There's no joke. This stuff works. You know, there's something called ultraviolet radiation therapy as well. So these are meant for critical places, right? Not for everyday use, but but there is also a, on the Columbia website that I saw that there's um, UV machines. Let me let me show you this one. I'll send you a link to this. This is a really interesting one. Um, let me put it in here. Uh, where we could, because UV light has been shown to be so effective, right, that these special devices in your homes could actually. Um I'll send it to you right now, so you can you might want to screen share it. Could actually be very effective devices for prevention. So what what's what's going on here, which is really cool, is that because of all of this, and people are now starting to question reality a bit more and the and the status quo, is that there is already all this research out there that's starting to rise to the surface. Um, based on sound, solid, scientific... We're not talking about putting crystals in a room and praying to uh, Ganesha or anything like that. No, we're talking about real credible things. Like, Like sunlight has been shown now. This is like getting pretty conclusive to fight viruses in general,
0: right? Sunlight. So look at this. Yeah, this is what you sent me. So yeah. I'll, link, I'll link this up in the show notes for people to uh, to check out. Well, yeah, and, and what you're saying here, for me, there's like a couple themes I think are important. And, you know, one of them that I was trying to get at and you kind of uh, shared was taking responsibility for your own health, right? Like that's what we need to do. We need to take responsibility for our own health care. And we have tools at our disposal, and a lot of them, and a lot of these ancient techniques like – Ayurveda, you know, Chinese medicine, things like that, it's like your body is the thing that you need to take care of. That's that thing is powerful. It fights off viruses naturally. That's what it's built to do. Your body is extraordinary. And so I, you know, I'm hesitant when it's like this is the outside thing that needs to save me or help me. If I need that outside thing like in those circumstances, I'm so happy for modern medicine. help me you know yes please but most of the time you know i'm gonna i'm gonna see what i can do let my body you know um you know treat itself because i want to take responsibility for my health and i think that that's what a lot of people uh like myself and others are concerned about is saying
1: well
0: here's another thing Yeah.
1: yeah so another thing that's really important is the lymphatic system Okay, so the lymphatic system is, so you have the blood circulatory system, you have the lymphatic system. Now the lymphatic system can only move, like it's a pump as well. The only pump for it is, is movement. This is why exercise is so important, okay? And when you're cooped up at home, like, and you're not doing anything, you're not moving. And this is the most important thing for your drainage of toxins, germs, and all this stuff out of your system, right? Lymphatic drainage. So you know, so why are we not focusing a lot on getting people to move, exercise at home? You know, why aren't the government showing videos of like people doing exercises that they can do while they're in quarantine right now, social isolation? These are the sort of we know this. This is like evidence. It's it's known fact why are we not encouraging this. I don't see it anywhere
0: in the media. Yeah, and those (laughs) those are really those are really great points because you know any doctor will tell you the same things, right? It's diet exercise outdoor you know they're doing studies in i think it's japan like forest bathing showing like just by getting outside in nature it it boosts your immune system it's helpful Um, but the parks are closed and that's what i begin to question i don't like that and on the flip side of things how do you create disease you do it through stress are people stressed out? 100%. Why are they stressed out? Because they're probably going to lose their jobs. Is this thing, uh, you know, so their stress is high. Go outside, get some exercise, burn that off. Because if you're sitting at home getting stressed out all the time, um, you're probably going to weaken your immune system and you're going to get sick because that's how sickness happens. We know that. That's how it works. But you can't go outside. You can't get sunlight. You can't associate with other people and feel safe. So you have a recipe for disease happening right now, which is supposed to prevent something that's saying, hey, this thing is so lethal. We're protecting all these other people. But you, but modern science and common sense is showing like, okay, we can do some of those um, risk prevention things. But if, we, if we're shutting down the parks, if we're shutting down all these other things, the recipe for disease is now increasing. So what I think is gonna happen from this of what we've done is, we're going to get a, that second wave is going to be from what we, we, we tried to fix on this first wave to prevent. Now we're creating the recipe for disease. You know, I'm stressed out and I still have my house and I still am kind of okay. What about the millions of people who are losing everything? They're going to freak out psychologically. Um, there, uh, Robert Kennedy just did a great post about, you know, how disease and uh, death and all that kind of stuff goes up with unemployment. Um, so I don't know the right word for it, but like all these Uh, Side effects of what's going to happen. We say, "Hey, we're going to prevent death of the coronavirus by doing this." Boom. Okay, that's your one point, and that's going to prevent so many deaths. Let's say a thousand. Let's say a hundred thousand deaths, or two hundred thousand deaths. Well, that preventative measure is going to create hundreds of thousands of real deaths through um, maybe a, a suggestion that that wasn't spot on. Maybe they did the best they could, and that's what they thought to do, and and maybe that you know they saved tons and tons of lives. Um, but common sense says that, you know, when, when millions of people are losing their jobs, they're at home, they're not allowed to go out. Domestic abuse is way up. Uh, suicides are up. All these other um, diseases that are going to come from that are because of how we're designing this first one. And, you know, Sweden didn't shut down. Um, and some people are saying there's mixed information there, but, you know, is, and it's hard to say in hindsight when you're looking at it and it's not to knock what they're doing. But when I'm looking at like freedom of speech, you know, getting attacked really vigorously, I start to question things again. Now they're, you know, putting a, Uh, The second amendment in the States is guns. And now they're changing legislation on the guns. And now I get more skeptical. then I look at um, the only place to get real information is the World Health Organization. You begin to research the World Health Organization and these financial uh, vested interests. And that's why I'm skeptical of media too, because media is not independent. When I had uh, um, physicist Tom Campbell on, really wise guy talking about some of this stuff, he knows this stuff. Um, He just said, you know, Uh, Media used to be the fourth estate, keeping everybody honest, you know what I mean, doing proper independent research. But when you speak out, you know, like a doctor, for example, Andy Kaufman lost his job immediately for speaking out on some of the information that um, he had. And, uh, you know, they said it was for something else, but he's like, I kind of know what that was for. And so if your whole livelihood is on the line and you're seeing something that like, isn't quite right. And you have a family now that I have a daughter, that's hard. I can do that as an independent person. Right. And, and be like, yeah, I'm just going to take on the system and say what I'm, you know, what I, what my. My truth is, and that could be completely wrong. You know, they're saying that those two doctors from California are, you know, misinformation. Um, We talked a little bit about that, but why would they do that? And if you look at their presentation, they're using public information that anybody can access and then doing the math on that. And they're just presenting their findings, not saying it means this and that. And then, you know, the media is kind of attacking them. And so when it's so pushed to Whoa. one side, you know, yeah. it's, it's that's what we're seeing. It's so pushed to one side with this polarization and it's taking all the accountability off the person. And again, even if it's 2%, who are those 2%? They're immunocompromised. They're uh, having really terrible lifestyles. You know, all of those different things. But if they're saying, you know what, uh, like I love what you said, you know, you need to get out and exercise because we know that that boosts your immune system. Hey, you know, Naraj from Selma is going to show you a breath work that is, you know, helps to boost the immune system and get you into, uh, you know, is it sympathetic versus parasympathetic? I always get them mixed. It just, it just <laughs> you know?
1: makes you feel awesome.
0: Yeah, it makes people (laughs) laugh, right? You know, it works, right? And we have a ton of you have a ton of data from doing this for years of people having transformation. This isn't you know, crap that doesn't work. It absolutely works. And, it, and, and it works with common sense having, you know, Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan on and her, her book, um, super wellness, all those simple things, breath, air, sunlight, diet, all of these simple things. And it's not what's being shown. It's saying, you know, this complete other narrative that's forgetting all of this stuff that is common yeah. sense to people who feel empowered they feel their their immune system strong they've gone through something like you have right where your body was completely ruined and you figured out how to um you know empower it and just like as a question like are you worried like personally about the coronavirus let's say if you got it right um, Would you, would that worry you would you think that you're gonna die <laughs> well
1: you know what like <laughs> Wim Hof. um, The other day, I saw he um, he said like you should he would he would happily be injected with the coronavirus, make antibodies, and ship his antibodies to every single person. Oh, did he say that? That was awesome.
0: Yeah, I would do that too. Um, I've been telling that to my friends. I was like, I'll go, I'll go into any of those things, um, you know, with everybody having it because I have a trust in my own body. Not it's because I'm looking at the information, and as scary as it is, none of that has any bearing on on my body and what my body 's capable of doing because my immune system is very strong and I understand healing, I understand diet I understand all of these things, so i don 't have a fear of it because i 'm doing all those other things it's It would be some sort of crazy thing that would take me out but there 's no they 're not putting out a lot of evidence that says you know healthy people that have strong immune systems really need to be aware of this because you know you 're going you 're going to die and if you look at all the uh, they actually stopped testing i just saw recently for the flu i think just the, our regular cold they stopped testing now and so there's just all these really uh things that are very interesting that we're lo- we're looking at out there for how they're measuring this how the the narrative is moving forward and and my question as this keeps moving along now they're talking about food shortages they're going to be euthanizing uh farmers are starting to speak out now and so mm. maybe You know, maybe they did the best they could with what they what they saw coming, right? And said, Hey, this is the right thing. But now we have enough information, right, to say, you know what, we need to open this back up right now. Um, and because all of these side effects of what we tried to do are gonna create a a tidal wave of real problems from crashing that economy, from doing all these other things. Um and so the dilemma
1: the the dilemma they face is that the making the choice, the wrong choice, right? So it's, it must be really, really tough to be in their shoes unless they already know what's happening behind the scenes, which I'm not going to go into that. But if they actually genuinely have to make a decision for the welfare of the people, it's a really hard choice because it's like they probably got so many people like on both sides. One person saying, like, let's say about America for now. One state, like one side of the state may be like, we must open up now. And the other person said, but the numbers, that we shouldn't do it. We might kill everyone. And he, they're probably like getting it from all sides and they just don't know what to do. And then eventually they cave in. Um, but it's a really tough choice. Now, all I can say is, from a scientific perspective, is look at the evidence of what's happening elsewhere. All right. So, to look, so Sweden is a good, good example. Look at Japan okay? They don't really have a big incidence of corona. They've fallen quite dramatically, their their cases. Look at um, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, Um, you know, the number, let's look at the numbers. Thailand is not, it's dropping. Even in England the cases are starting to go down like that. Why is that? Maybe it's because it's sunny. Maybe because the sun's coming up. So, now is a good time, actually, to get the people who are healthy out and about, moving around, and get them moving around, doing exercise, being out of sunlight. They build up some immunity. And let's keep in the people who are at high risk, you know, for a bit until things stabilize. And we know for sure that things like sunlight and all that heals it. This is my opinion. Like, I'm not speaking for the whole world. But um, this is the kind of things that are... Think, I think they're talking about doing as a, a, a stage uh, way of getting people back. Um, however, like, the idea of waiting for a year or so in lockdown in a house for a vaccine, that I'm a bit sceptical about. Like, when you start coming out with those sorts of ideas, then it really triggers everyone's alarm bells. I think everyone the whole world would be a little bit freaked out by that prospect. I mean, you would as well, right? It's like the idea that we can't leave at all until we have a vaccine. Now, I think there's so many things we can do before a vaccine is that we wait for a vaccine, like, you know, when it comes to this coronavirus. And I think that goes for any single thing, like any kind of disease. Like, let's not wait till you have to get a heart surgery done right, a bypass um, to protect your heart. Let's start doing what we need to do today. You know, do exercise, do the right kind of, we have a course on that. Soma breath is all about getting healthy so you can prevent things like that. Um, You know, and do yoga, do some exercise every day. If you really hate your job, if you wake up every day unenthusiastic for life, do something about it, make stuff happen. These sorts of things, now's the time, now we're in this time where everyone's at home nothing to do apart from go within go within Now is the time to go within and question everything that you thought was true until now about your health about your life about the world Now is the time to really reflect on your truth to go inward to go within and then what you can do is start thinking about what it is you really want in your life and through that you can start to seek the right answers and start doing the things that are necessary to get to where you want to be and it all begins with just taking a bit of time to go within yourself instead of just like for a long time people have been used to just going to their job doing everything that the boss tells and tap typing into their computer following instructions coming home sicking on the simpsons watching uh the news and eating pizza that's what a lot of people have been doing on a like robots on the machine just robotic lifestyle now's the time to go Right, it's a crisis situation. What do I do in a crisis? This is what I did. I went inward. I went straight within. And through the deep self-inquiry and being open-minded, my life is completely transformed. I'm now living the most incredible life. Like, even in this time they are in right now, I don't want to say how good it is because it makes be jealous. But it is. I say I love my life every single day for a reason. Right? So, you know... These are the things we can start doing. So that, like, from now is to really go inward and and, and start thinking for ourselves, have some self-love, you know? Because I'm telling you, we're going through a massive shift, an awakening. Through every dark period comes an incredible light. It's the pendulum, man. I really believe in the pendulum, you know. And um, we are just going to swing from a very dark point to extremely light point soon, All right? And those who are prepared to make the shift, will swing in that direction in the most beautiful way. I'm sure of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Well, I love all that. And and I've actually used that example a few times just talking about how many people in their life, they have to experience some sort of trauma. Like for you, you are doing the thing how your life, how you thought you were supposed to do it and and you just hated it. Then you got so sick and you couldn't move anywhere and you were stuck with yourself and you went in and then figured out what would I prefer? And you had that journey to get to another side where you're like, I love my life. And you designed that uh, on purpose, deliberately through thinking, through going in and contributing to other people. That's how you did it. But you had to get your butt kicked you know what i mean before you got the memo you didn't want to get it before that and so um that helped you get to the other side and it seems like that's what we're getting planetary wide is we're getting our butt kicked we're like oh my goodness like smokes and so a lot of people now have that opportunity to kind of look within and do um you know what you had to do personally in a very traumatic way and uh I think if it were business as usual, people wouldn't have that opportunity. And I think that we don't need the entire world to wake up. We need, you know, small pockets of people can do extraordinary things, building things on values, on truth, on who they are, on, you know, what they prefer, you know, because I think that when you get to the other side of, who you really want to be? It's always a benefit to other people, and you know when you're talking about yeah, like the narrative being pushed forth. I think that's why Bill Gates is getting a hard time because look at what he's saying, and a lot of people are like nah, you know the world doesn't go back to normal until you get seven billion vaccinated. You know my fu alarm bells go way up. You know what I mean? And that's just me personally. You know I'm you know, whoever did
1: whoever did his PR, like they need to be fired. They did a rubbish job. Of Bill Gates' PR. Like, he couldn't be more despised right now. Yeah, (laughs) you know, and and I know he may have have actually really good intentions, but he just did a really bad job of communicating that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you start, then you start to look at all these different organizations like Gavi and, and all these different stuff. It's just like, well, if there there is that financial interest there and people are saying, oh, you know, I've had this email to me that's like, oh, well, he doesn't because they're all nonprofits. Well, he's invested in like six vaccine companies. And so maybe they are uh, for positive means. Um, but also does this, you know, if even the, it's just kind of backtracking now, but if you look at the flu vaccine, it didn't va- it didn't eliminate the flu. You know what I mean? And so it just doesn't it, it doesn't make enough sense. If you look into it and you do your own friggin research, it mm. does not make enough sense that the world goes back to normal when everybody's vaccinated. Like, it, you know, I was like, no, you're not taking away my my liberty. You're not take, you're not telling me um, how I'm going to control my own friggin body and how I navigate in this world, you know what I mean? Or what I can and can't say. If I want to say F yeah. you with a cherry on top, I can say that, you know what I mean? That is freedom of speech.
1: And so- but there's, there's one thing which I've never been able to get a good answer from um, anyone. Anyway, maybe you can do it for me. But it's if you get if you have a vaccine that's um, effective, right? And you, you get vaccinated, right? Surely- then it doesn't matter if somebody else isn't vaccinated because you're vaccinated, so you're protected. so why do you care if somebody else isn't vaccinated? Why should it be mandatory then? This is the I can't still somebody needs to give you a, a really good answer to that question. It's like, you know, am I completely stupid? They're like, wait, I put this vaccine. I that means that's it, I'm never going to get this disease. So what does it matter if you're not vaccinated? Why am I worried if you're not vaccinated? What, you've chosen not to do it? Fine. But I've chosen to do it. That means I'm not going to get disease. Why does it matter if you don't? Is there a reason why we need to be forced to do it? Yeah. Without logic? Am I I, I completely wrong? I don't know.
0: Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Is like, that's a common (laughs) sense question. And that's why when I look, you know, for me, what I started to look like as a young person, I didn't understand how we had war. Um, I didn't understand why we had famine and starvation. You know, we look at the numbers now and I bring this up often as well. We've got nine, I think it's 8,000 people a day die of hunger related illnesses, 9 million a year. uh, Every year documented, nobody's said anything about that. How many is the coronavirus taken out? Not even like percentage wise, 1% of that, 2%, not even, probably half a percent, but we haven't cared because it hasn't affected us. You know, if we're a global humanity, why is that not a problem? That seems like a much bigger problem to me you know hmm. just it's 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 a lot bigger and then and you, bring a big problem. you know then we've got common sense if you have the vaccine you're wearing the armor you don't need to worry about having because guess what i trust my body uh that's what i want to do and and if it comes to the point where my body is not cooperating i need help i'll go get medical help uh but not until yeah. i absolutely need it thank you medicine thank you modern medicine i appreciate you There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing Naraj Nayak, my homie. This guy is incredibly knowledgeable in many different fields. And like I said, uh, we're in a group together where he shares a lot of his research and insights. He's very well connected to a lot of people in a lot of different spaces. Very, very humble and just really interested in human capabilities, consciousness and the world of healing. So an amazing guy. If you want to check out the uh, SOMA course, you can go to bit.ly forward slash soma zen that's s-o-m-a-z-e-n and uh check out his courses and all the stuff he's doing over there uh the soma breathwork course is amazing i've done it i love it um meditations are super cool so check them out um if you want to support the show please share it everywhere that you can Uh, sign up for the email list because censorship is real and uh, if you want to stay connected that would be the very best way to do so um I think that that wraps it up. Uh, Become an Academy member if you want. Be great to see you in there. Check out Soul Compass. Become a patron if you want. That'd be awesome too. Leave a review in iTunes. That would be spectacular if you take a moment to do that. All of that's incredibly helpful. And I'm just sending you all of my love, peace, good vibes, uh, courage, positive, everything your way. Um, So let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we wrap up this part one. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, inspiration, courage, connection, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.